Um, hi, David. What was your first computer? My first computer. Okay. Uh, well, we had an Apple II in the house. Uh, mm -hmm. That was my first computer that I owned. But my neighbor across the street had a Commodore 64. So that was really my first uh, time really enjoying you know, computers myself. Although I didn't really get to program on that one. But we did make games together. You made that, games or you, or you played games? Both. Uh, okay. So, of course, we loved, you know, like Mule was our favorite game. Okay. Probably still one of my favorite games. What is it? Mule? Uh, Mule, yeah. yeah. It was like this. It's a, this is a game where you, it's like an economic game. Yeah. And so, you know, everyone picks, uh, you know, uh, they, they mine minerals and they okay. trade food and they, you know, harvest energy and they can trade it all in an open market and you can, like, collude. And it's really kind of like... There really aren't too many games like that, even still. And it was like uh, on C64? Yeah. Yeah, it was okay. great. Yeah, it was a great game. Uh, that was, we, we really loved that one because we, we could work together. So my friend John and I, we would, uh, we would play that one. Like, we, we always liked the games where you could cooperate. Okay. We didn't really like too much of those games where you would compete against each other. So this was your first game you played? No, not the first game. I had an Atari, of course. Okay. Oh, okay. I got, got that one. I was, 800? Uh, yeah, and the 2600. And, uh, and, uh, so yeah, you know, the first games were of course, like, you know, the standard Atari games, Pitfall mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, you know, Space Invaders, Pong, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. I think my first, uh, first contact with the computer was Atari 800XL. No idea for, uh, what computer it was, but the game was like something with Egypt. So I had to, you know, to search for treasures or something like that. With uh, trapdoors and stuff, like that. I was it, it was exciting. So for me back then, so that's exactly what I remember. Forgot yeah, name. did you did you have to uh, use a rope to go across a bunch of lakes with alligators in them? I think think so. Yes. Okay, so that was probably uh, the European branding of the game Pitfall. A pitfall, okay. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So you, it was like an Indiana Jones kind of a thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Except they didn't call it Indiana Jones for obvious reasons. Ah, okay. So. Um, Okay, so um, this was uh, my my first uh, you know uh, computer, and then I had uh, my my first uh, contact with the computer. And then I had ZX Spectrum, which is kind of C sixty four, not as good but similar. And uh, you played games, so so you so started with Atari, then C sixty four, and then Apple II, right? Yeah, so I had the Atari at my house. Uh, okay, and then my friend had a, but as I think it's a twenty six hundred because you can't program a twenty six hundred; it's just cartridge only. Okay. So, uh, my friend across the street, John, he had the, the C64, uh, -huh. uh, which we played on quite a bit, but we also did make games on that one for fun. There was like a Gary Kitchen's Game Maker package that, oh, that, okay. uh, that you could kind of program some stuff in. So you could program sprites and move them around the screen. We kind of made something that was like a Ghostbusters type of theme where you had to shoot ghosts and it was very Space Invaders alike, but you know, uh, but it was fun. Uh, and then my dad, my parents were divorced. My dad had an Atari, uh, excuse me, an Apple II. So I got to play on that quite a bit uh, when I was a kid. So that was a lot of, but it was an Apple, right? So I, I did a, a lot of, you know, paint shop drawing of of things in, in uh, pixel at a time. Back to the games. Um, how, how how you create the games? So, um, I mean, there was obviously a kind of creator, but you had to program, right? It's not like yeah. So my friend did the programming, so I didn't really get into oh, okay. any kind of programming until like um, I was about twenty, actually. Wow! And how old yeah. were you with the pitfall? Well, that was from the time that I was like five and onward, right? So surrounded oh, okay. by computers my whole life, just uh, uh, didn't get into programming until much later. That's interesting. So what you did, you know, the first uh, fifteen years, so from five to twenty, with uh, with the computers. Um. Well, a lot of stuff. So. Uh, for, for, you know, I, I was always into a lot of different hobbies as a kid, uh, and mostly around like media and okay. movies or art or things like that. So I was like the creative art kid growing up. I, I wasn't necessarily the software kid. Uh, so about when I was 14, I, about, I joined the, uh, uh, started working at the public access station in the town. What is so it? public Obviously. access is. Public access is basically a local television station for government. Oh, okay. And so they have 
the city council meetings broadcast. They they broadcast church. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, so people who can't go into church, they can see, uh, you know, what's going on. They can, you know, they can basically participate uh, over cable access. So it's kind of like uh, like YouTube for the local town, okay. but on television. Is it is it everywhere in the U.S. or was it special uh, in your city? No, most cities have them in the U.S. Okay, uh, they're not they're 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 very low budget. They're just run by the city. They're run by the town you live in, and you may broad you might broadcast to the next three towns over, uh, and then okay. they re, then they recycle the channel for somebody else. Okay. So, so I started participating there, uh, and I did a lot of video recording and editing, uh, and I made a uh, home, like a movie. Uh, uh-huh. so it wasn't a home movie because I was using TV studio equipment, and uh, that uh, public access station had a um, Amiga. I found it. Uh, yeah, yeah, and so I I did some special effects on the Amiga. Uh, which was really really cool because it had fancy you know video equipment. So you know you got to draw on your movie mm-hmm. with the Amiga, and uh, the movie was Monday the Thirteenth Part Thirty Six. Jason takes the old folks home. <laughs> so there was a joke on Friday the Thirteenth, but I thought Monday yeah. was much more scary than Friday. Yeah. Like Friday's a perfectly good day. Like yeah. the worst, the worst would be like Monday the Thirteenth. So okay. I did that, and the movie starts out where. Jason is uh, in a cornfield because in the previous movie he got killed by Iowan pig farmers. So he's in he's in a farm and he's he's being used by as a scarecrow. They just like set him up. So he's there, and the the, the scarecrow thing gets struck by lightning. So I got to so I basically made the lightning with the with the Amiga, and it was like this sh- bolt that shoots up and and we you know even in the middle of the shot like it's you see it starts out as a wide shot. And then it goes into a tight shot. And so I did, you know, uh, a far away shot with the lightning coming down. And then then his head pops up and light and, and electricity shoots th- shoots around his eyes and leaves off of his face. And his eyes open up. And, you know, it's like, how did it took to, to create such a thing? So you spent, you know, months doing this or? No, uh, the whole thing was like a month. OK. And uh, the, 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 the mega portion of it was probably about three days. Okay. Worth of work. And from where you knew, you know, the cut, how to cut a movie, how to make it good. I mean, have, have you studied, I don't know, Kubrick or, or you just watched other movies and tried to do the same or? Well, I mean, like a lot of kids, I did a lot of home movie stuff when I was, you know, young, but uh, I, that's why I joined the public access channel because I wanted to keep making them better and better and better. That's okay. just my personality. Like I, I'm always trying to push it further and further and further. That's just like I, mm-hmm. who I am, I guess, you know? Okay. So, so yeah, you know, we would do the standard home movie stuff at home, you know, with cameras and tilting the camera to make it look like, you know, you're sitting in a chair or you're doing push ups when really you just tilted the camera and you've put a chair up against the wall. And mm-hmm. then you, then you, you look like you're defying gravity and tricks like that. And, stop motion stuff you know with clay and uh uh we would uh you know of course pause the camera remove things from the set or ourselves and keep the camera going and things would just magically disappear we built lots of uh props and things like that we just we did all sorts of creative stuff like that so we were kind of like a youtube kids really really early but and the camera wasn't even mine i didn't even have a camera it was my 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 friend's uncle's camera so when his uncle came over then we got to spend like the whole day making videos. Uh, and so, you know, we would get good at like putting this all together as quickly as we possibly could. But uh, yeah, that, that movie that I did was, I was a freshman in high school when I did that one. Okay. 15. And you get, and you got feedback at, or I mean, was the, the movie broadcast or what happened with the movie? I mean, yeah, it was broadcast over the public access channel. Yeah. Uh, and so, so, you know, people got to see it and it was on quite a bit because there wasn't really, any original programming <laughs> so, i mean i mean like there was original programming but it was really boring stuff like i say the city council meeting yeah. uh the the um, you know the church ceremony you know ceremony yeah. sermons and yeah. stuff like that i didn't i did other things for the station too uh, there was uh, and you got feedback it's like the people said you know exciting thing and well, yeah well, yeah i would like be walking around in town and and some i wasn't in the movie myself uh, no but 
people knew that I made it. And so like once in a while, someone would come up to me, hey, you made that thing that I'm seeing all the time on TV. And like, yeah, I did that. that that's like, that's so cool. Well, thank you so much. You know, so that was really that was really kind of cool. What town was it? What city was it? Uh, I was born in River Falls, Wisconsin. So I'm, Wisconsin, I'm a Midwesterner. Okay. Yeah. And is it so, a like, large city, large, large town? Or? Oh, it's a huge city. 12,000 people. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Massive. Okay. So yeah. uh, one church? Many. Many. Multiple. Many yeah. Multiple. At least like five. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. So, so you started, you know, to broadcast movies and make movies. So um, what happened afterwards? So you were around 15, you said? Yep. Um, so I transitioned into like special effects, makeup and things like that. So I, I did that for <laughs> a while. So, yeah. Um, and uh, I, I was a kind of interesting kid. So I, I had a music studio. I got a music studio when I was about 15. and I shared it with a bunch of friends. Had okay. that for all of high school. What uh, makes a music so we, studio? With, uh... So I was taking guitar lessons and... My guitar teacher had a studio space where he could practice with his band, and they okay. moved out, and I decided that I wanted to take it over. Uh, so I got a couple friends together so I could afford the rent, uh -huh. and we split the rent. Uh -huh. And uh, so we had a uh, we were teenagers who had our own space in down okay. in the down in, in the downtown of of of, uh -huh. this, of of River Falls, and. Eventually, like that whole floor opened up with all bands because, like, once one set of kids has a studio space, all the other kids want to get together and try and rent <laughs> it. So, like, a whole thing was filled with bands. Uh, and during Halloween, I wasn't so I was still into, even though I was doing music things, I was still into making movies and, and mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Uh, and I wanted and I got into special effects makeup, you know, like kind of gruesome stuff and you know, noses and people making dress up like, like a troll or mm -hmm. whatever, you know, looking like you're dead or a zombie or whatever. So every Halloween, that was like a working day for me. I would, uh, I would have a line going out the studio and I would try to get as many people done as I possibly could. And they would just come in, tell me what they wanted. And I would just, you know, do it. And they would go off and, you know, I'd charge them like 20 bucks and that was <laughs> very <it>. good. <laughs> And, uh, you know, so, so I, I did that for several years in a row. Uh, and you know, the transition to computers is a whole different deal, but. Yeah. But, but uh, uh, I assume you didn't play classic guitar, right? No, <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I played mostly blues. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. It was kind of a weird thing. So all, you know, I was born in 76, so that was prime Metallica yeah. years. And I do love Metallica, but I, I went to see a bb king concert uh at my freshman year in high school and it blew me away i mean he was younger then and he had a lot he didn't sit down like he, everyone sees him saw him in his last uh -huh. like few years he was standing up his band was just pumping and he had this the most amazing energy on stage his face would twist and contort when he was bending those notes and it was just like i was floored so I started learning blues because I really loved it. And I just went down the blues rabbit hole and uh, listened to a lot of people like Albert Collins. I was really into Albert Collins, still am, uh, and Albert King. And then, uh, you know, friends turned me on to Steve Ray Vaughan, and of course, liked that a lot. Uh, and his influences were Albert, Coll Albert King quite a bit and, and a lot of other people. Uh, and so I just played a lot of that. And so I, I, I kind of... Uh, lost track of popular music <laughs> really early in high school so as people started to get into grunge and stuff like that in the 90s uh, i was already kind of working my way back in musical history from blues and eventually into jazz and stuff like that yeah bb king is actually really great so the thrill is gone is a great song from him i think is yeah it? yeah definitely he won a grammy for that one it's yeah pretty great. Is, yeah and uh he did also some records with uh eric clapton yep yeah, so uh, riding with the king was yeah, was riding with the king exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I saw actually a concert from BB King. But did was, you really? Yeah, one of the last. It was it was in Munich. Mm. I think it was like oh seven years ago or something like this. Okay, great. yeah, it was still yeah. great. He's really good. I mean, I've seen him three times. Mm 
mm-hmm. uh, okay. since then in total. So the first one and then uh, some twice more after that. Yeah, he kind of got a little bit uh, slower and a little yeah. bit. He started to sit down and yeah. then, you know, but his he was always good because his music is kind of like about the pauses. Exactly. You know, he really is good about leaving some air mm-hmm. and then hitting that note, you know, so that's. You can do that when you're older, you know. It's really good. If 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 he had the musical style where he was just continuously shredding all the time, yeah, you know, uh, I think it would have been really hard for him to continue his. And career. the Mr. Albert Collins, what he said, this is the guy who did uh, "Blue Is Blue," right? The song. It was I don't know. This is like uh, I think he is, a, uh, and interesting that he also like blues. I also like blues, and uh, there's oh, yeah. a great great movie, uh, Crossroads. You know that? Yeah. Yeah. With like um, one, yeah, it's, interesting. Uh, Ralph Macchio, I think. Yeah, this Was is the guy. Yeah yeah, 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 from Karate yeah. Kid. Yeah, exactly. And and yeah. um, so you and, and were you good in blues? I mean, could you play from BB King something or I mean, how how good uh, were you? B- well, I was, I was, I was good. So like, I mean, good enough, not phenomenal. I mean, uh, I times good, right? Times really good. Uh, so we used to like to play. Uh, the sky's crying. That was one of my favorite ones. Uh, couldn't stand the weather, um, you know, uh-huh. stuff like that. You know, obviously, it was I, I was not good enough to play like um, Scuttle Button from Steve Ray Vaughan. That's like way really hard song. But some of his easier songs were no problem. Cold Shot was one of my favorites. Okay. And Jimi Hendrix, nothing. I mean, there's almost blues, right? What he does. Yeah, but so Jimi Hendrix, a little bit more difficult to play. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a lot more difficult to play, obviously. Uh, okay. So, you know, Voodoo Child, you could kind of get through a lot, some of that song, but when it got into the really heavy solo stuff, I mean, he's just, yeah, he's just really untouchable. Okay. Uh, really, I'd have never heard anybody who can play like Jimi Hendrix. I've heard many people do pretty good jobs of imitating Steve Ray Vaughan, but it's really difficult to find somebody who can dial in Jimi Hendrix. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So um, you know. what I what I also saw on YouTube, there was like BB uh, King, one of the last, I think, the eight 80th birthday with Slash and all you know the major players playing yeah, together. Yeah, I've seen and, that. I've seen that clip many, many. John Mayer was there. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Everyone was really, you know, uh, was uh, very how to call it. Um, they, they they let you know BB King play, so this was his main role, and everyone just of course you know, don't yeah. upstage BB. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> just be, so just yeah. lay back a little bit. Don't yeah. don't don't pull out your best licks. Yeah, exactly. You know, give him give him a few, right? Don't 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 steal the show. And you still play guitar? Yeah, I do. I do. I uh, I stopped playing blues primarily because I I was only playing blues, and I wanted to force myself to learn other things. I had gotten into jazz, and I'm still into jazz. Uh, okay. And so I I started taking jazz guitar lessons when I was on my thirtieth birthday. Okay. I took him for about 10 years, and my guitar teacher, he's just about to leave. So, uh, you know, we started the business, and I, I stopped taking lessons because I was on the yeah. road all the time. Yeah. And uh, when the pandemic hit uh, and I was finally home again, I was like, oh, when this is over, um, first thing I'm going to go do is take lessons again. And uh, But then my, my teacher, he's he's moving to the East Coast. So I was, oh, okay. I was heartbro- heartbroken to, to learn that, that I wasn't going to be able to do that with him again. So I might, you know, find, you know, well, you know, we'll see how things go. But I play quite a bit. When we we're tra- when I was traveling quite a bit, I was always bringing a travel guitar, and I ended up breaking quite a few of them. But you never uh, played with the Nullfinders, right? The Java One. I don't really like to perform okay. so much. Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I, it's. I did when I was younger. I had a few gigs, and we would play out a couple times. Mm-hmm. But I really liked the, because of the, all my musical, best musical experiences were in our studio space. Mm-hmm. And because there were so many people up in that, up in that area, you could get a, a, a drummer, a bass player together pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so all the best musical experiences were with rooms of 10 people tops, mm-hmm. you know, and so, but every, but most of them were playing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so so it was just like really intimate, uh-huh. and so that's what I really prefer. I really I really like it when 
you know, the party winds down and there's just like the last dozen people left over or, you know, so on. And then I might bring the guitar out and we might, we might have some fun and play around. I like to play uh, with the radio or something like that. My favorite thing is like to play by ear. So, yeah. you know, someone will just, I'll just like put on whatever music that you like and, and I'll try to play with it, you know, and see, okay. then, see then, what happens. Then you have to be pretty good to do so, right? Not, not that easy. It's you get better at it. Like if the music doesn't change keys, mm -hmm. it's it's pretty easy to do. Okay, because it's just the same seven notes, okay. and process of elimination. And blues <laughs> is even easier. It says five notes, right? With the, with okay. the blue note, and there's like six, but it's always in the same spots. So okay, so you know, uh, now if they're changing keys, that's a whole different deal, right? So okay. there are there's like Beatles change keys all the time. Uh, or, or, or they're just lots of, they do a lot of chromatic stuff of, and it's mm -hmm. really difficult. Uh, I mean, you can get it, but you have to, you can't, can't always just do it by ear. You got to actually sit and work at it. Okay. And Stevie, Stevie Wonder, he's just crazy with changing keys. Uh, Beach Boys surprisingly changed keys quite a lot. Like Good Vibrations okay. is like insane. Okay. Song musically. It's just crazy. It's just always changing. So you enjoyed yeah. when, when the music's over, right? So everything was quiet and you could start playing. End of the party. Yeah, yeah end of the party stuff is when the party yeah. starts for me. Right? Yeah, okay. That's the, that's the best time of the night for an introvert. Yeah. When, when things kind of get to be more manageable. Yeah, true. So how you got into computers? So I assume you played guitar. What happened then? I mean... Well, it's, a, it's an interesting story. So uh, I went into college for psychology okay. i had one year of college uh i was working the entire year so i didn't i wasn't the best student in the begin to begin with i was i've never been a good student uh i've pretty much failed almost everything <laughs> that i've ever tried uh f with formal education and i don't have never really met uh eye to eye uh so after my first year of college which i did not pass I had been trying to get a grant, uh, some financial aid, some student aid, because I couldn't really afford to go uh -huh. because uh, my parents weren't able to contribute anything to that. Uh, so I was working to pay for my school. Uh, it didn't really help me uh, be a better student because I wasn't a good one to begin with. And I was working full time as a cook. So I was cooking uh -huh. in a restaurant uh, for for the whole time. Are so good, good cook? Or yeah, someone got poisoned. No, I was a good cook. Not okay. at first, but I but I became a good cook. Okay, I was a really terrible cook at first because I was way too slow. So, my financial aid that I've been applying for the whole year came through at the end of the year for that year. Okay, when I didn't need it anymore, I had okay. already paid for school. Mm -hmm. So my friend was was like, "Hey, do you want to go to Ecuador?" And uh, and so I decided, all right, I'll, that sounds cool. So I, I, my financial aid that I got was like $5,000. So I spent $2,500 on a computer. Uh -huh. And I spent $2,500 on a trip to Ecuador. Why computer? Not, uh, well, because of, you know, you, you can, well, for school, one. Okay. Everything was starting to already be, you oh, know, okay. type this up and, 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 and uh, you know. That, so doing schoolwork definitely for that, but also you can do lots of stuff with computers like music. And I, I had been exposed to computers my whole life, uh -huh. so you know I knew they were valuable, right? I, I and uh, the internet internet was starting to be a thing at that uh -huh. time as well. Uh -huh. uh, so I you know I had a my 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 first email address was uh, University of River Falls, Wisconsin email address. It was not like yahoo or anything like that they didn't uh -huh. that didn't come around till later back then it was like uh -huh. hotmail but but uh anyway so i got a computer and a trip to ecuador and now i'm in software and i'm married to an ecuadorian so yeah i guess that was like the most valuable five thousand dollars that i've that has ever landed in my hands yeah i had already another i don't know whether you had the opportunity to listen to your wife's podcast with me but it turned out that she's the geek, no, and and you were, you know, the the businessman. Yeah, well, I mean, I was psycho I was in psychology, and she had studied software. You know, she exactly. studied programming a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, so when I was in Ecuador, I realized that I really loved traveling. Uh 
Okay. And that, and I sat down and I did the math uh, one day because I woke up and I was like, this is so awesome. My trip is almost over. I was there for two months. My trip is almost over. And uh, I just failed my first year of school. So I'm about to do that again. So I'm going to have got four more years of college. Uh-huh. Then if you want to get a job in psychology, you need to have a doctorate. And so that's another four more years of, of school. Then you have to establish a practice. And so you're looking at an, like another handful of years to establish a practice. So, you know, the math was at the end of 12 years, more or less, my reward is I'll have a practice in one town. And if I want to move, I got to do it all. I got to do at least five of those years again. There's going to be at least five tough years reestablishing a new practice somewhere else. Uh-huh. So it was like the most landlocked job that you could possibly get practically. Uh-huh. You know, dentist is also <laughs> pretty bad. But uh but yeah, so I was like, this is not for me. Uh-huh. I, I, I can't continue down this path. Like I, I won't be doing any traveling and when I'm done I I'll, I'll barely have any uh you know I'm I'm stuck in the city where I choose, right? Uh-huh. So uh, my friend, John, the one I talked about earlier that we did all of our creative stuff together, he got into to software development and he was in a, uh, he went to a, a nine month program where you learned one language each month. Uh-huh. And, and then at the end of that, he got a great job immediately. Okay. And it was like, uh, and when I was there in Ecuador, I had met a guy from Germany who was a software developer. And he was like, yeah, I do this every year. I, I take, you know, some time off and, uh, and I just go travel the world and then I go back and I work some more and it's great. Cause you know, my job allows me to do that. Uh-huh. And I was like, put the two together. And I was like, okay, software it is for me. So I'm going to get in, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go learn to program. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so that's what I did. I, I, when I got back from Ecuador, I, uh, started getting into, uh, you know, web page design and things like that. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, I did join a, I did join that vote. You know, I I went to school at Brown Institute in Minnesota, which is like a vocational school. That uh-huh. the ones, that, those are the one my friend went to. And I was there for three months before I uh, uh, ended up uh, getting into a car accident and uh, not <laughs> being able to, to finish. <laughs> but at least I was getting A's for the first time in my life uh, at something. Okay. So uh, so I, I I did really well. Uh, in that class, we learned basic, then uh-huh. visual basic, then uh-huh. database uh, and SQL and stuff like that. So that was the first three months. Uh-huh. And it was good for me because it wasn't multiple things at the same time. I have a personality where if I'm really into something, it's the only thing that exists. Uh-huh. And so standard school where you got to juggle a lot of classes is totally antithetical to <laughs> how I work, whether I like it or not. Yeah. You know, so when I was doing these things in high school, like making movies or special effects makeup or something like that, the class, the you know, anytime they gave you a hey, here's a here's a you make up your own assignment, it's due by this, you kinda have to I would take whatever hobby I was into, I would make that my assignment. And then that was of course we get it beyond a on the project but fail everything else you know but uh anyway so it was good because i got to focus on one thing at a time which is really fantastic so it was like an entire month of programming in one language uh start you know beginning of the day the end of the day like a job you know like you do in an actual profession so it was really fantastic uh so uh i i did really great uh the problem was is that i was still working because I had to pay for all of this stuff uh, myself. And so I was starting to work for uh, a consulting company, a small one uh-huh. in in my hometown. His wife was a congresswoman. Uh-huh. And uh, so he had a lot of connections uh, and a lot of friends. And he did photography and stuff like that as well. So he, would, uh, he, he had a couple college kids that he employed. And he would go find work and hand it out to us. And, and we would do it. I would do random computer things like, fix people's printers, make menus for restaurants in Photoshop, uh, start doing website design and graphic stuff. So uh-huh. it really was kind of convenient for me because 
I was already into art. So like web page design or HTML, like I, it was, it was, it was good for me because I, I, I was fine in Photoshop. I was very comfortable. So it was like, you know, back then you had to do everything yourself. you you were the graphic artist. You were the, you were the, 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 the HTML person. There was no CSS. Webmaster. You were the webmaster. You were the webmaster. Yeah. So I, so I did that while I was in school. And so my third month there, when we were in the whole database SQL topic, uh, I, you know, I wasn't keeping up because I was uh, working. And so it was the kind of thing, though, that you just had one test at the end of the month. And if you passed the test, you passed the class. So that test was like your grade. So I crammed and crammed and crammed and took the test and passed it. But I hadn't slept for three days. Uh-huh. And so I went in, aced my test. And on my way back, I fell asleep on the road and oh. I hit a semi. So I was driving down. I was really lucky the way I hit it. So uh, a semi truck is, you know, those big trucks that haul yeah. stuff across the country, you know, like those really big trucks. The max, you know, the. the, the exactly. The, okay. okay. Yeah, why they're called semi? Why, why they're called semi? You know, I don't know. Semi truck is, is just like almost a truck, right? So, I mean, yeah, it's way more <laughs> than a truck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they're called semi trucks. I guess someone can go Google that and let us know uh, in comments. Or something this is like, like the that. trucks from the you know from the from the Bandit movie, right? Yeah, exactly. Smokey exactly. and the Bandit. Smokey oh. and the Bandit. Those those type of trucks. Yeah, the trucks for hauling across yeah. the country. Crazy. You know? And you hit the truck. Yeah, I hit one. So it was going. We were going the same direction. The truck had two trailers on it. Okay. So it was it was hauling doubles, right? So it had two trailers on it, which is even longer and bigger and heavier and more dangerous. Uh-huh. Than than when it just has one trailer, uh-huh. I hit it in about the best way you possibly could with the most optimal vehicle you could hit a semi truck with. Okay. So I was driving a minivan, so it couldn't go under the truck. Okay. And I fell asleep, and I slowly drift got sucked into the the air that uh-huh. was that the suction of the truck. Right. Yeah. So all the winds going by this thing, and it's you know. And it's it's carrying doubles, so the wind picks up speed as it goes mm-hmm. through, and it just sucked, it slowly sucked me in. And I hit it where these two trailers connected. So mm-hmm. on the back of a semi truck, there are two chi- there are two tires, mm-hmm. and uh, on on the trailer, there's two tires and two tires, right? Mm-hmm. So there was a row of four tires because that was where the two trailers connected. So I hit it right in that row of four tires. Okay. So. My 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 car went got basically lifted into the air once once you know the it, it was a it was a minivan that had like foot railing so you could get in and out easy the okay. foot railing caught the tire okay. lifted li- lifted the van up you know about a bit uh-huh. and then it just boom threw it right back down on the ground because of course the tire is moving in a circle so yeah. lifted me up and bam smacked me back on the ground and woke me up. And uh, I pull over to the side of the road, and the, the semi truck driver tire has a big one of them has a big slash through it, and it's completely ruined my my minivan. My, it was my dad's minivan, okay. just completely, just really scratched up and dented, and kind of yeah. crushed up a, a little bit on on that side. Other than that, it was fine, and okay. the semi driver was fine, and everybody was fine. So it was really really lucky. But I mean, I didn't have a vehicle to go to school in. So, so uh, what what did what the truck driver say, uh, said to you? Was it the idea? Well, so he, so I was honest because uh, that's me. So yeah. I said, "Oh man, I, you know, I, I I fell asleep. I was okay. just I I was studying for days to take a test, and I took the test, and I, and I I got, I just fell asleep. I don't know. I'm so sorry. I don't. I don't, you know. And I, the truck driver was so very understanding, and okay. you know, because semi-drivers they have to deal with sleep deprivation all yeah, the time yeah huh. that's the job yeah. right and so you know he was super 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 like nice to me about it he okay. didn't really re- he didn't report it that there yeah. a, you know a police officer did come to the site and got statements from everybody but he didn't you know file a report really i mean he he didn't file a report he didn't claim it uh, he didn't have the in that he didn't get the company's insurance involved he just said you know it's all right. I'll take care of it on my end. And so I was really, really lucky. Didn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. No financial uh, 
mm-hmm. issues, you know, no insurance, anything like that. Just, uh, just couldn't go to school. So, uh, so I end up staying working. Why not? Because the, your, your van was okay, right? Kind of, or was it not drivable? Okay. It was my, and it was my dad's van. So he was like, you know, okay. Hold if on. you give, if you give a kid something and they, ha- and they hurt themselves with it, you don't keep giving them the thing, right? One strategy, the other could be, you know, now we have it again and don't do it again. You know, there could no. be two strategies, right? <laughs> well, that's but that's potentially true. But you know, like if your kid hits a semi truck with your vehicle, yeah, this, you're this, not this, really going to go like, hey, let's let's get you back on the road as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah, okay, I almost lost you, but hey, okay. let's get you let's get you on the road. You know, thank thank goodness you didn't die, but you did hit a semi. Yeah. So you know. So yeah, uh, you know that that was fine. It worked out. Uh, it was during the boom, right? This was this was like '97 mm-hmm. when when this all went down. So it was during the boom, and there was plenty of work to be had if you could do anything with computers mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. It, not like it is now. Like now, you have to be super qualified. But that, back then, I was really super lucky for for someone who basically failed all formal education that he ever attempted, and even didn't finish a Votech course. Uh, I was born at the right time to be a failure in school. <laughs> so, okay. So, you know, like back in the, the late 90s, computers were, were going so crazy, uh-huh. uh, you know, and the internet specifically was going was booming up so much. There was a tech boom that if you could touch a computer and get something to be produced out of it, you could uh-huh. get a job. Uh-huh. So I just continued to work. Uh, I eventually started a company. So the the guy that was consulting for one of his one of his customers, one of his clients, was having me build them a website, uh-huh. and uh, the they were having a difficult time just getting in contact with the guy who was the, the owner of the consulting company, and they just said to me, "Hey, David, you're doing all the work. Why don't we just work with you directly?" Uh-huh. And I was like, um, "Okay." So uh, they. The guy who who was the owner of that company was uh, his name was Charlie Brown, which is <laughs> which is like like the Peanuts character. Yeah, exactly. He he heard that all the time, uh, but he was a really nice guy, and the company was like Brown Seeds uh, Corn, and they were they I they did peanuts. like genetic yeah they did <laughs> gen- genetic testing on corn. Uh, anyway, so he was super nice. He was a family owned business, and so he. Uh, you know, he took the business over from his dad and he basically kind of took me under his wing and he taught me how to start a business and he taught me how, how trademark works and to get the name trademarked and, you know, how to file the paperwork to illegally incorporate, uh, gave me legal advice. So I kind of went through business school with him. In, what was in, the name of your company? iWeb. iWeb. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Yeah. That that later became an Apple product, but uh, yeah, exactly, but but it was before any of that. So uh, so yeah, it was it was before the i series of of mm-hmm. anything. Uh, interestingly enough, I was working with Apple for a bit in those early days mm-hmm. when when uh, so later on. Well, anyway, I'll, I'll finish this. A lot of stories. I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll, fin- I'll finish I'll finish the one that I'm on. So I had like myself and two other friends uh, working in this company, and we, we we were doing websites for mm-hmm. various various places around uh, the the area, which weren't too many. And so we 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 did pretty well for about a year and a half before we eventually ran out of work, mm-hmm. and then ran out of money. Two thousand. Uh, no, it was earlier than that. It was like ninety eight. Okay. To early ninety nine, uh, and so. The, when the work ran out, uh, I had slowly gotten. I, I most of the stuff that I did was like graphic arts mm-hmm. and Photoshop. That's more I spent most of my time. So I wasn't really doing much programming. You know, HTML that is not a programming language. So mm-hmm. I was doing a lot of that and Photoshop. Uh, and I did some types of uh, like JavaScript stuff, just very very minimal. Like I had this thing where I was doing a rollover effects. So you put your yeah, mouse exactly. over something. So you put your mouse over stuff and it would like change almost, and lift and you know almost over you had to do this back then because css was not capable so you had exactly you no know, replace images on mouse over and stuff like that this was like the basic skills lots of yeah. inlining of javascript 
Yeah. But it was a really old JavaScript stuff. I mean, it was like there wasn't any, <laughs> you know, it wasn't, it, was, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't jQuery or anything no, like no. that. It was like super, mm-hmm. super ancient. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so I did some, did some stuff like that. Uh, but when we ran out of business, we ran out of money and ran out of customers. We packed it in and uh, I, I ended up getting a job consulting, but I got the job in the most interesting way. Like I, I understood that I had a lot to learn. Well, first of all, I wanted to know what I should do next. Mm-hmm. So one of the, Java was pretty big at the time. And I kind of wanted to know, you know, what my earning potential were, was. <laughs> uh, I wanted to know what my earning potential would be if I were to learn Java. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I, you know, went through the want ads of a bunch of other states. Mm-hmm. And I wrote them. Uh, I wrote those companies emails Basically saying, I am a business and I want to hire a Java developer. How much should I expect to pay? Smart. Okay. Right. And so I got a whole bunch of, you know, um, uh-huh. information on, on what would be kind of, you know, the uh-huh. the the salary. It was around 80K at that uh-huh. time in, in 1998. Uh-huh. And then I went and found all of the companies in the area that, were looking for Java developers and I sent them all my resume and then I called each and every single one of them like within a, within two hours of having sent my resume. Uh-huh. Now, you could do this back then. Now, if you do that, people will shut you down. Uh-huh. But back then, you know, uh, it was like looking for help online was still a very new thing. Uh-huh. And so it was very informal. And so, so I, I, I I sent my resume out to like 40 different places. And I, I, of course I wrote, <laughs> I wrote something to like pull in visual basic to like, you know, screen scrape all the data out and stuff like that. And like make myself a, a little Excel, you know, spreadsheet of all, of all of the things. And I ticked through it one by one. And I, you know, uh, and eventually, you know, when I went into, e- when I went to interview with them, I was like, I don't program in Java. I'm looking for, uh, but I can in visual basic. And so I can do work in that. And I'm looking for some place that will like, you know, train me. If we'll, uh-huh. So what's your training program like here? Uh-huh. So it was really kind of crazy because when I was going in for interviews, people would be like, you know, trying to do that angle of, yeah, well, maybe, you know, you're not so experienced. So maybe we can't give you some such a great salary. And they're trying to, they're trying to, they're interviewing you in the standard format and, you know, trying to get a, trying to size you up and all that stuff. But I was like, I was like, I don't, you know, I was, I was flipping the script on them. I was interviewing them. What's your training like? What do you get, What do you do for for your employees? What you know? I'm looking to learn. I don't care what you pay me as long as you can train me, right? Uh-huh. So like when they don't have to, they don't have the ability to negotiate salary because I don't care, and I just care about what I can learn. They they have, they didn't walk into the room prepared for that. Yeah. So like, most people would would would, you know either just tell me to go away because it wasn't a good fit because it wasn't they weren't looking to to train anybody they just wanted somebody they could put into work immediately in which case fine but i eventually ended up with like three different places that actually did have interest in growing the people that they hired and uh and so i w- i went with the best one and i and i and i learned java that year they 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 trained they they took they paid me to go take a week-long intensive course in java which and, version uh, you remember yeah it was it was one 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 okay the cor- yeah the, the the course was one oh uh-huh. uh but uh well the course was one oh but i ended up learn i ended up uh they hadn't updated it but i ended up learning i ended up going and working with one one uh-huh. and you like and, java uh, comparing to visual basic well yeah a lot i mean it was you know much more fun visual basic you know at the at the time, if you were a beginner, I guess it would have been perceived nice because you had a nice IDE and all your environment was nicely taken care of. Exactly. But I kind of liked the more wild, wild west. Okay. You know, find an IDE that works, scrape uh-huh. around. You know, I was, you know, uh, and so I kind of liked that aspect about it. Uh, the guy who taught me that course, that that week long course, was. Gary Cagle, and he was such a great teacher. Okay. Uh, and I, I, I wrote a game that week. 
so one of the things that they had that they that they learned you had to learn was you know uh, AWT, mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, I thought that was really cool because I you know I have I had kind of a uh, an art graphics mm-hmm. background a little bit, so I really I really latched on to AWT and I was like oh this is so cool and I made a game called Pente which I still have the game, okay and uh, I uh, as any fledgling developer I over engineered the heck out of it. Everything is it, your, was an, uh, is it on your Tommy Tribe or GitHub account? The game. It's it's not, but I should put it up there. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I've sent. I don't know if I have the first version of it because I've rewritten it. Um, so I mean, basically, at some point later on, I, I realized, man, I'd really over-engineered this thing, and it's <laughs> in, when, when I when I had when, when it was early when I got into IntelliJ, I was just like inline, 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 and my program was like a third of the size. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, yeah, I went. I, I was really making a lot of stuff but so that was really cool and I, and I did that I ended up working uh as a consultant for that company my first project was one where I uh was writing a web server uh-huh. uh I, I had to do this like security integration between this visual basic app and the java app the rest of the team was working uh-huh. on so I wasn't responsible in- initially for anything like hardcore java related uh, they hired me because I understood Java, because I understood Visual Basic and a bit of Java, uh-huh. and so they wanted me to do an integration. And the the app was a web app uh, that did banking stuff, uh, uh-huh. so did ACH clearing, like check payment uh-huh. type of things. Uh-huh. And uh, and so I wrote this. I, I ended up figuring out the easiest way to do like a login between the both of them was to put up a web server do the login and hand the credentials to both systems. Mm-hmm. And so then I started writing a web server. So that really got me into like protocols and stuff like that. And it's really kind of how I got into, you know, backend stuff. And I remember my boss at the time, he's like, you know, I was telling, you know, talking about this stuff. And he said, you should write an app server. And I laughed at him. I was like, that's the but most ridiculous well, thing I've ever were heard. Were app server back then already known? I mean, they were, but or remember, but yeah, was... yeah. Uh, uh, so there were s- some packages. There were there was like um, Hot Site was out there. I did some work in that for for a bit. It was kind of a a package. Uh, it was Java based, and you could write some code on it. And uh, I wrote this thing that was like for another company uh, that was a large is a large food distributor for the whole world that's privately held and they're based in Minnesota Mm -hmm. and uh, so I wrote this thing where it had like a remote control looked like a remote control and you could click but you know a a graphic up designed the remote control and you could click buttons on it to like navigate around a map Mm -hmm. and uh, so it, it was this 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 package, I, I believe it was called Hot Site, had kind of a mapping technology to it, uh-huh. you know, kind of like ArcGIS, uh-huh. uh, you know, from from ESRI. Uh, so it had a, like a mapping component to it. So I used that. It was all Java based, and is at that time where my where my boss was like, "Well, you should write an app server." And I was like, "Meanwhile, I hadn't even been programming Java a year." So like, I laughed at him. Like I was like, "This is like." Aha, uh-huh. you know, like what I remember was serious, then. but I, but I, I, I was, what's that? 19, 1998 uh, around, there was a Chixo server engine. You remember that from Apache? No Apache, another Apache. Yeah, not I Apache. Always not Apache. Apache was JSurf. It was W3C. So W3C, okay. they had an own server engine. I had evaluated that. It was very early. It was Chixo and Apache had JSurf. This was the subnet engine yeah. from Apache. Yeah. Both. In 1998, I don't recall what the state of stuff was. It would, I mean, it was happening at yeah. that time. I wasn't aware of it. Um, and uh, there was Silverstream, which was really, really yeah. popular in Minneapolis at the time. There was a Silverstream user group, and uh, you know, so that was really. They actually had an office near us. Uh-huh. And uh, and so it was really big in the area at the time. I didn't end up using it. Uh, what we did at this place, this real first Java 
gig that I had was, like I say, was it was with the, it was a bank from uh, Minnesota that that eventually got purchased or actually was purchased okay. by Wells Fargo. Okay. And so uh, it was Norwest Bank mm-hmm. of of Minnesota, and we were working with them, and they actually purchased Wells Fargo, and the project got canceled. Okay. But it went on for about two years. I joined it a year in, so I was only there for the last year. And it was your standard swing mm-hmm. front end with Corba back end. Of course. And, and, uh, or Big Serve is Genic. Or Big Serve is Genic, you remember? Big Serve. Wow. Never heard about that. No, no. no. We, all, we only had either Orbics or Visigenix. It was, it was, we did Visigenix. Visigenix, so, okay. Yeah, so I, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't use the other one, but was Visigenix was the, was the orb that we used. Yeah, the other one was Orbics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I wasn't the Corba guy on that one. I was the swing guy. So that was kind of when I started to understand the power of having the source code. So swing was had just come out and it was an add-on library it was like mm-hmm. we used version 1.2 mm-hmm. and it was an add-on library you didn't come with the jvm at all because no, it was, it was JV, still 1.1 come sun swing or come something it was not even you know they changed the namespace at the beginning it was like come sun swing or something like this yeah yeah it wasn't yeah, under like, java x at that time no. it was it was it was it was a library that you could get separately and the source code is available Mm-hmm. If you wanted to get it, mm-hmm. so I wasn't this. I was the new Java guy on the the team. Mm-hmm. I didn't have much experience. My experience was there on that project. Uh, and they, when I wrapped up that whole writing the web server to doing the login thing, then they pulled me on and on to do this some swing work mm-hmm. on this project. And I wasn't getting anywhere, so I went and grabbed the source code to figure out how to use Swing. Right, because they really wanted to do a lot of custom components and and fancy UI stuff, and so you know I had to go look at the the source code for these components to figure out how to extend them to figure out what is it going to take for me to get this event to show up, and mm-hmm. you know how how can I get it to be the the right size, and when is the you know all, all the mousing events and all that stuff. So I I was picking through the source code uh, like crazy, and nobody else was doing that. They had a whole team of people who they were paying to do this work. They had at least six different people doing front-end work with Swing on them. But none of them grabbed the source code. So quickly, I became the guy that everyone went, whose desks they went to, to ask the toughest questions. Mm-hmm. And I was like 20. Mm-hmm. I, wasn't even, I wasn't even a legal drinking age in the United States. Mm-hmm. I had not even been programming Java for a year. And so... Uh, it was a very, very crazy thing. So, I, so basically, I was like, you know, the expert swing guy, only because I looked at the source code and nobody else was doing that. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, it was a, it was one of the first moments of my career where I realized, you know, working on something where you can see the source is like way, way, way better. Or than, care about than, than things. I mean, maybe the difference was you care about the thing, you know, and and you look at the source code, and if you go to something deep. You become yeah, cool. yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's yeah, definitely. You, f- you focus on the things, and the other guys, you know, just try to to, to do something, do the minimal work, and get out. Minimal of it, work, yeah. you know, exactly. Yeah. Um. Okay. What happened after that? So obviously, you know, uh, the the company was bought, and what was your next? Yeah. Gig? Well, well, the next gig was uh, I went to work for a company. So that project was when it canceled. It was a thirty-five million dollar project. That got canceled. They spent thirty-five million dollars in two years. And since I was like, insane. You know, you can get for thirty-five million dollars, you can get two moon rovers. That's insane, right? (laughs) That was the that was how things were back then, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, so the next company I went to work for uh, was a much smaller company. It wasn't a consulting company. Uh, They were a software company, and they wrote JDBC drivers for uh, for Postgres. Uh-huh. And uh, and um, oh, I forget the 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 database that was a derivative of that enterprise DB. No, no, uh, Ingress. Ingress. Open yeah. Ingress. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I don't know which one is a derivative of which because all these database people basically like it was like five really prolific database p- 
people mm-hmm. and they would all change they would sell their code bases off to each other to other companies they would ship around to different companies and it's all like this it's crazy that's a whole really interesting history so we wrote database database drivers and these people were into like linux and unix okay. really really hardcore and i was a windows guy still mm-hmm. and so that was really the first time that i worked in a in a shell they're okay. like hey man you need to have segwin on your machine you need to learn how to program and you learn how to use bash and i thought it was hot stuff going into to that job you know cuz I had been in the previous gig, uh, and it was a thirty-five million dollar project. So I guess if you're hot stuff on a thirty-five million dollar project, you know you you're hot stuff, right? No, not at all. That those two things are not related, one bit. So these two guys, they were they were they were about twelve, fifteen years older than me, and they, uh, Mike and Dave, they were just prolific. I mean, still today, you know, I was just like you know honored to have had the opportunity to work with them they would say that about me now but you know i still say it because they had really big impact on me you know so i would go in and i would be hand coding things you know like you do you type Mm -hmm. characters into an ide that's how code is created Mm -hmm. not for them no they would write a, a a bash script or something in Perl that would generate the code that they wanted to to create so they would create a template for it you know and then they would run a loop in Bash or Perl, and out comes 30 test cases for what they're trying to do, yeah. which was necessary because it was basically just the two of them wrote the JDBC driver for the, for these databases, and and it covered all the scenarios, you know, all the left joins, right joins, you're not joins, but you know, all, all, all the queries and all the different data types and all the different column types and how it can be defined this way and that way and the casting of this one to the other thing. So think about the think about the matrix of testing you got to do mm-hmm. for that. You know, you need to be able to make sure that, you you know, you've got four, you, you've got like eight different strongly typed versions of one method. Get this column as an int. Get this column as a boolean. Get this column as a float. Get this column as a long. Get this column as a short. On and on and on. So they had to generate all this stuff in order for it to be possible. So they were just generating enormous amounts of code mm-hmm. so that it could thoroughly test all of this stuff. And uh, I was coding by hand, so I couldn't even keep up with these guys. Like at all it was not even a thing so they so i started to get really you know with their guidance and their help started to get into linux and unix i learned Mm -hmm. Perl and bash and i started to also generate how like how how you like Perl? i like it um it's got i mean i wouldn't work in it professionally okay but it's fun it's it's fun to have under the belt uh, because i never Pearl, uh, I, I always wanted, but never had time to. So th- this is why I'm asking. Well, you know, the the, the my joke of pearls, their, their slogan is, "There's more than one way to do it," and then my slogan is, "There's one more, more than one one way to forget how to do it." <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> I, I I could never. I you know, my experience with Pearl was that I could get when I was coding in it. Yeah. I I I could get some work done once I rem you know. Okay, this is how you do an assignment. This is how you do a replacement, and you know, all the operators, right? There's so mm-hmm. many operators in Perl, okay. and you put operators together, and then, you know, whatever. It's just it's a whole thing. I could never remember. Is it is it tilde equal or equal tilde? And then there's an m and a slash. I mean, this is like, this is how Perl works. Hey, David, we should split the episode into two. Do you have one hour time? I do. Then. Where people can find you on the internet, and we can proceed with part two. So now we conclude the part one. Otherwise, it's going to be too long. So, sure. Um, so now we have to reveal another secret. Uh, you are the CEO, CTO, or owner, or everything, maybe from Tommy Tribe, right? Yep. Yep. So, uh, Tommy Tribe is a company that I started with my wonderful, beautiful wife, Amelia, back in 2012. We actually officially launched in 2013 at Job One. And, and where can people open... find you, the Tommy Tribe, on the internet? Yep, it's T O M R I 
excuse me, T-O-M-I-T-R-I-B-E, Tommy <laughs> Tribe. Okay. So Tommy with a T-O-M-I and tribe.com. And we do open source support for Apache Tommy, Tomcat, ActiveMQ. And we deal with a lot of really awesome people. Uh, and companies. what's your tw- Twitter account? D Blevins, D-B-L-E-V-I-N-S. Perfect. So uh, then we will start over in a few seconds and for the listeners in a few weeks, maybe. So um, <laughs> Sure. So then thank you. Bye. Th- thank you so much, everybody.